0: As always, it's so good to be with you and what a wonderful, special day this is. I loved loved it, all those prayers, the, the words eternal life. Eternal life, think about that. That's powerful, folks. Well, did you know that we're only nine weeks away from the first day of spring? Are you ready? I'm already looking out my garden and trying to think about what I'm going to plant in it. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Also, I saw a neat bumper sticker this week. It it read this. Do you follow Jesus this close? (laughs) Well, after I read it, I thought, whoa, I may be too close. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well... Today's gospel reading is a great affirmation. It's a continuation of a great affirmation that we've been celebrating over the last few weeks. It's this. God is with us. God is with us. I like old Isaiah. We heard him. We always hear him during the, the, that time of the year. When he prophesied to the Messiah some 400 years prior to him showing up on the scene, he said that he will be called Emmanuel, which means... God is with us. God is with you. And when Gabriel appeared to Mary, he said, He shall be called Jesus, meaning the Lord is my salvation. Now, I try to put those two together because having somebody with you is not always a good thing. It can be a bad thing, can't it? Well, I'm coming to check you out. You know, I'm coming to see what's going on here. It could be a bad thing. But that's not the way with Jesus. See, he's the the Savior of the world. He comes to bring eternal life, what you just talked about, doesn't he? That's right. So I think we can say with great confidence, God is with us and God is for us. Now that's power there. That's something to write home about, isn't it? And uh, we see Jesus uh, proclaiming this, not with his word, but with his presence. Where do we see him today? in the Gospel reading. We find him on the banks of the Jordan River, associating himself with, ec- with ordinary, everyday people just like you and me. I am with you, and I am for you. I'm in your corner. I'm not far away now, but I'm near. I'm not distant, but I'm present. I'm not absent, but I'm close. I'm not against you, but I'm for you, that's pretty comforting, isn't it, God is with us, and God is for us, and then what Jesus, what Jesus said, that if God knows when he talked to his disciples, he said, if God knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, I think how many sparrows there are in this (laughs) world, well, I got tons of them over at my place, because I'm always feeding them, they're there all the time. Every time he says, but every time one falls to the ground, the Father knows. The Father knows how many hairs on your head. And he says to the disciple, if he knows those kinds of things, think how important you are. I'm for you. I'm with you. I like how St. Augustine put it. He, He gives it a different kind of tone, but it's the same message. He said... If God fashioned the limbs of a gnat to work in perfect motion, think how much more he cares for you. You ever seen a gnat? You know how small a gnat's leg is? (laughs) Like gnat's hair, you know? That's pretty small, isn't it? But yet it's fashioned perfectly. It's fashioned perfectly. If God can do that, if he does that for the gnat, think how much more he does for you. That's how special you are. God is with us. God is for us. Now, we have a church term for that. It's called divine providence. Divine providence. You ever heard it? That's what it is. That's what it is. Now, the worldview today on divine providence uh, says that such thinking, to believe in such thinking, is to be flawed. Your thinking's out of of order. And they would say, well, all you got to do is look at what's going on around you. Look at the things that are going on around you. That's enough to prove that God, that the divine providence doesn't exist. People say that all the time, don't they? Well, I didn't know that. I really didn't. I didn't know that. Here's what I see when I look around at the world. Today, I see a God that is closer to us than we are to ourselves. He's with us in our suffering and in our sorrow. You know, he's not a fair-weathered friend. He's closer than a brother, as we read in, in the Holy Scriptures. So what I want us to do is take a couple of minutes this morning to look at two ways that we as Catholics see, we're Catholic, how that we can develop a better understanding of the providence of God. And there's only one way to do that. And that is to go to our source of authority. Our source of authority is not prevailing worldview. What is it, Catholic? What is your source of authority? The Holy Scriptures, the tradition of the church, and the life experience, the lived-out experience of the saints. When you put those three together in harmony and unity, man, you got something. You can take that to the bank. So let's look at that authority and not the other authority. First thing is this. Remember that God is constantly engaged in your life and in the lives of others. Oh, now, you don't have to look far to realize that things happen to us and others which seem unfair. And if you're just looking purely at what's going on in the visible world, you can draw a conclusion, I can understand it, that at that uh, at best, God doesn't care. And at worst, God doesn't exist. You think that's why people are emptying out of the churches today? Well, sure. Where is he? You know, we don't see him. It's interesting. You got to realize, you know, a crisis comes and goes in this world. You notice that? It's cyclical. Now, we grew, did anybody grow up in the 50s? You know, that was the, the prosperity, man, everything, the American, you know, everything. It was, it was all good, wasn't it? War was over. We were happy, you know. Happy days are here, you know. We didn't think about this. Well, guess what? We're cycling. Now we think about it. There's a lot of suffering. We forget what it means to enjoy such prosperity. And uh, we become greedy, actually. So what we do, it. we make poor choices. But uh, that that doesn't mean that's the problem. And so when we see everything that's going on in the world today, we begin to wonder what's going on. Where is God? Does God really exist? Here's one of the problems. We tend to associate prosperity with good. You know, if I'm a prosperous person, If I've got food, I've got money, I've got wealth, I've got health, I've got all these things, then I'm blessed. It's called prosperity is good. But if I'm suffering, well, that's bad. There's something bad with me. I don't, I really don't, it's amazing that we call this sort of the prosperity gospel today. Some, Some people preach that. I'm not harping on that, but it doesn't make sense. Jesus never, he said it never made sense. You know, and uh, he encountered the rich young ruler. God was young, powerful, and wealthy. And they were just amazed at You know, he comes up to Jesus. He says, Well, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, Well, follow the commandments, love God. He said, well, I've done all, you know, he, he had to justify himself. He, well, I've done all that. You mean, that, what else do I need to do? Well, Jesus could see in this guy that, that, that he had, that there was potential there for him to draw closer to God. What did he say? Well, go sell everything you got and come follow me. You know what he did? He turned around. Couldn't do it. See, he loved power and wealth, health more than he loved God, didn't he? And Jesus had some pretty rough things to say about that fella, didn't he? And the disciples were watching all this and and they were thinking, well, my God, they said, Jesus, if he can't have eternal life, who can? Now, why would they ask that question? Because he was blessed. You know, if he can't make it in, You know, he shows signs of blessing. Who has a chance of getting into heaven? Jesus said, well, God, nothing's impossible. He said, you guys got it wrong. It's not about, prosperity doesn't mean that you're blessed. You know, boy, I tell you, I've been in some tough situations where I've sat down with family crying and bawling and saying, Why in the world, what have I done wrong that God's not blessing me because I've lost my job? I I don't know of anything, see. Do you see how that can get into problems? You gotta remember this, folks. Just like the visible world today, there are many things, many reasons why things happen to us. There's no one reason. You know, you can't give it a blanket type of it. It doesn't exist, doesn't it? Let me give you a couple of examples of that. And, you know, they have nothing to do with challenging the nature and the reality of who God is. One is the natural laws of nature. There's universal laws that go with nature. And we follow those. You know, why the tornado? Why the hurricane? Why the floods, you know? Why the sunshine? Why the cold? Uh, people make poor personal choices. You ever done that? Is that God's fault? No. That's not God's fault. He didn't do that. God, you know, the scriptures say, he, he doesn't tempt us to sin in the least way. Divine intervention. Evil choices. You know, a lot of people, there are evil people out there, let's face it. And they make choices that affect us. Why does God let that happen? Because God gives you a, a will. God gives you the ability to make a decision and decide. And that's more important. You know? That's really important. you got to decide what you're going to do with your life. See, you got to remember this. There is a day of accounting. Everything that you've done... You'll account for it one day. And now, what Jesus said, Paul wrote, he said, Even the ones that hated me the most, he said, There's coming a day when they're going to stand before me and they're going to get down on their knees and they're going to say, Jesus is Lord. What do you think of that? That's what it said. And they'll give an account for their lives, won't they? And they'll be. They'll be, re, they'll be rewarded or punished justfully in that same thing. There's all kinds of reasons. I like a, a quote from Helen Keller. You know her. The lady that was, uh, that was blind and deaf, listen to what she said. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experiences of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved that's a powerful statement isn't it and I thought about it and I said this if I could go up and ask her if she'd do it all over again she'd say well sure I would wouldn't change a thing because what I've learned about myself what I've learned about God listen to a couple of passages here wonderful scripture passages They that put their trust in the Lord shall not be moved forever. Have confidence in the Lord with all your heart. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's pretty providential, isn't it? Of course it is. That's nothing unusual there. You know. The second thing is this, to remember if you want to have a better understanding of divine providence. God is dynamically active in your life when you're not aware of it. I love that. We don't think about that. But it's true. See, we we talk about it at the Mass all the time. It's in the prayers that we pray at the Mass. There's a visible world, and what else is there? invisible world right Uh, we pray that all the time you know there's an invisible world things are going on behind the scenes you might call it Uh, absolutely I like what one guy said he said God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three you believe that see God's working behind the scenes here's a good question as we think about divine providence, what's not happened to you today? Because God is watching over you. You ever thought about that? That's powerful. See, that's that invisible world stuff. What's not happened to you today? Well, we're not aware of it because we don't know. Does that mean it doesn't exist? Well, absolutely of course it exists. God's work at work dynamically. Well, I'd like to leave you with two thoughts for reflection this morning. First of all, affirm in your heart and your mind the truth that God is actively, dynamically engaged in your life and in the lives of others. The second thing is this, grow in your relationship with God. That's what we've been talking about here this morning. The, the most important factor in divine providence is trust. You don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to trust them. See, that's the key. And there's only one way to trust. That's called relationship. Developing a relationship with God. So that when the hard times hit, you can say, well, I don't, under- I don't, don't, I don't understand it all but I'll tell you this, I trust him. I trust him 100%. That's where the relationship comes in. That's why you got to go strong in your relationship. Get to know him on a first-name basis, to be friend, as Jesus said. And when you do, you'll trust him even when things fall apart in your life and they fall apart in this world. God bless all of you, and stay warm this week.